A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Let's get ready to rumble! Hey there! Do you like films? Do you like wrestling from the 2000s? Do you want to see a film about wrestling from the 2000s? Well, WrestleTalk are hosting a special screening of Ready to Rumble for its 19th anniversary at the Prince Charles Cinema in Leicester Square on May 7th, 2019. Wrestling's fake. Wrestling's not fake! Myself, Ollie Davis, Luke Owen, Laurie Blake, Randy Andy Dat. Some Pequenel and maybe a few other surprises will be in attendance for a meet and greet before the film. And then stick around after the screening for a special Wrestle Ramble podcast recording where we'll talk in depth about David Arquette winning the WCW Championship to promote the film and what it did for the wrestling industry. Would that be raw sewage I'm smelling? They kind of always like that smell. If you've not seen Ready to Rumble before, come see the sports entertainment epic that Detroit News said manages to insult not only pro wrestlers, but also their fans. Brittany, let's go out again. We'll talk about me and you. Dude, the Matt-based masterpiece the New York Post called a toilet humor farce proud of its own crudeness. Your sister shot her first perp today. That's nice, Gammy. And if that doesn't tempt you, the Orlando Sentinel said of this barn burner brilliance, yes, film fans, there is a new worst movie of all time. Any match, any time. The Steel Cage. Steel Cage wins. No, so come see Shut up, Randy! Shut up, you're not part of this! So come see Ready to Rumble at the Prince Charles Cinema on May 7th with your friends at Wrestle Talk. Tickets are available now. Support WrestleTalk! Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Wrestle Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis, with your wonderful, wonderful moustache. So this How is the devil go- are you? this is going up after the the video's gone live. Yes. Okay. So podcast listeners, uh, if if you haven't seen it already, 
my WrestleMania Wrestle League season one punishment has uh, gone gone up today, and it's my cover of Sexy Boy. And I shaved my face to have my best Robert Roode moustache that mm. I could. Yeah, it's good, mate. Mm. I like it. Are you gonna? Because you, you've got a big chin beard, mm-hmm. you could get rid of that and also have a moustache. You know what? That's I, a um, thick moustache you've got. Uh, there have been times where I've been on the tube and. Because you're underground, you can see your own reflection uh, in the train windows. And I sometimes look and I'm like, I sort of like put my hand over my chin. A little bit like, what would I look like? And I've talked about it with my wife before as well. But they like, do you think I could get away with just having a mustache? But I think now with the shaved heads, I think I've got to have the more facial hair I have, I think the better. Mm. I think it might have worked when I had the, the comb over. But I think now to just have... A shaved head and just a tash might not might not be my best option. I'm trying to think of well, it's it's more Doctor Robotnik, isn't it? Yeah, oh, way more Doctor Robotnik. Yeah. yeah, that's not a bad look. Hey, he's cool. Uh, Jim Carrey, he's gonna be popular again. So for for the Wrestle League people, um, it's not just the loser me who has to do something, but uh, we're, I've been looking into getting the winners trophies this week. Oh yes. So we're gonna get some trophies sent out to the winners. Uh, who were the winners? Know, uh, there were four I winners, German I believe. German Dan. German Dan. Um, oh, the names escaped me now. Have you got the list there? Yeah, you, you keep talking. I'll find out who, who they were. Uh, well, uh, let's have this email quickly from Connor that says, uh, Dear Jets or Sharks, you decide. Been, uh, been thinking out of the success of the live stream. You could easily do a watch-along live stream, maybe a set of milestones, or maybe even as a Patreon plug. For example, I was thinking the next pay-per-view that wins the extra poll, you could live stream you watching it. And the Swafnish, you could watch along with you and your reactions. We all just sync up our networks together, and then the Pledgehammers get your review, along with the extras number one at that time stuff. Um, maybe a good little combo to get a few more pledges. Uh, it's a good idea. Uh, th- that would probably come at the expense of the the post review, though, because me and Luke, our schedules, we, we watch the pay-per-view separately Yeah, because we can't really sync up. We haven't got enough time to both stop doing what we're doing. We're very busy people. Yeah, and our, our schedule is kind of shared. Mm. So if I'm not doing something... Luke is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, d- I did think about that. But that would involve live streaming the whole podcast. Like, you wouldn't get the Wrestle Ramble Plus podcast in addition. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, they were saying you could, like, just do it as a live stream. But then you wouldn't be able to get the clips in there and things like that, which is part mm. of the fun, I think, of Wrestle Ramble Extra. Plus, it's, for, as, as just, I think the majority of people will want to watch, just listen to it walking around mm-hmm. or in the car. Uh, to this, it requires a much more commitment from the from the listener yeah. to like sit down and have a screen there and sync up. Yeah, um, and do, and probably you wouldn't do that all in one go, would you? You'd do like ten minutes here, ten minutes there. It'd be a nightmare. <laughs> uh, the the winners, it's basically, how we record it. Yeah, there were three, uh, all with forty nine points at the top. That's how they all drew. Dactron. Dactron's what I was trying to think of. Flev Dorin, and Mayor of Painesville Dam. Dan. What what a rags to riches story Dan's had. <laughs> Always the bridesmaid, yeah. never the bride, to win the inaugural season of Wrestle League. It's impressive. It is impressive. I couldn't have written that. No. Because he, I he's, the, he's the Johnny Gargano of uh, of the SWAF Nation. If you told me that, I would no, that's unbelievable. <laughs> Maybe he wins Wrestle League season five. Yeah. Not the first one. And he did. Incredible. 
This email comes in from Chris, who says, Hello, Ollie, Luke, and everyone else. You have too many people to mention for individuals. Uh, I was listening to you guys burying the Big Bang Theory on Wednesday show, and I, uh, <laughs> you brought up an interesting point that you said both of your dads love it. As it happens, my dad watches it too, and I believe I know why. The Talking Simpsons host mentioned on one of their Patreon podcasts that their parents also watch Big Bang Theory. They think the reason it has such a strong viewership for the over 50 demographic is because the characters on the show are what they think their children are like. So maybe your dads enjoy Big Bang Theory because it reminds them of you, even if the comparison isn't exactly a compliment. Make of that what you will. Keep up the great content. It's from Chris. I, yeah, I guess have me and my friends around my house when I was a teenager as background noise wouldn't have been too dissimilar to the Big Bang Theory. Yeah. If you're, you know, you're half paying attention, you're doing something else. Just talking about Batman. And yeah. Something. So maybe parents just miss their kids and put on the Big Bang Theory in the house and just potter around. Yeah. That's so depressing. <laughs> I think for my dad, though, it's more just a case of it's just the flavor of the month sitcom that he's currently on. Like before it was Big Bang Theory, it was Two and a Half Men. Before Two and a Half Men, it was Friends. It was just whatever comedy show is on every day in the UK at 6 p.m. that my dad can just sit there and watch for an hour. Then that's that's what it's going to be. Yeah. I mean, that's that. That's my youth. Whatever was on from five till 6.30. Yeah. I'd watch. Yeah. I did, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air Buffy Simpsons, the Vampire Slayer Buffy the Vampire Slayer Farscape That's how I've said <laughs> this before That's how anyone Watched Farscape <laughs> Farscape was great That's I've said this before That's why I love snooker <laughs> Because three times a year That block Would have been changed From Buffy To the World Championships Yeah And I would just be like, Oh god It's not what I usually watch This is boring but I'm going to watch it. I'm going to keep watching it anyway. <laughs> and this is the uh, fun little email from Mike as well that says, Dear Luke, Ollie, Fakador, Chopper, uh, but not that super chat heel, Randy, Andy, Dadson. I've been watching Russ talk for a while now and began listening to the rambles on Spotify to make my commute to and from work more enjoyable. Are we on Spotify? We are, yeah. We've been on Spotify for ages. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Um, I finally decided to be a pledge hammer today, and I noticed that the Patreon counter was at 999. <laughs> it was an omen, a sign, meant to be even. So I joined, checked again, and it said I was number 1,000. I can only pledge $5 now because, like Heath Slater, I got kids. Four of them, actually. Once wow. I became number 1,000, I had to email you. It's an honor to be pledge hammer 1,000. Keep up the good work, love the videos and the rambles, and I can't wait to join in on Wrestle League. Thanks again. That's from Mike. Ah, oh, thanks, Mike. Good email, mate. So, so uh, that's that's a dad right there. Yeah. Does he like Big Bang Theory? Well, but his kids might be too young, and but, therefore you're not looking at them being like, "I don't, I'm, my kids are still here." Well, we haven't proven that that's the reason parents mm. like Big Bang Theory. Is it a certain age of parent, or is it you have a child? Boom. Something in your genetics mm. makes you appreciate lazy comedy. Because I'll, uh, you're yeah. so tired. I'll, uh, I'll message my friend Dave, because he's right. just had a baby. Mm. Um, I'll ask him to see if he's got a new appreciation for it. My dad... Maybe that's why Adam Sandler's so successful. <laughs> my dad loves my moustache. <laughs> my mum hasn't got much time for it. She Maybe just went, it's just a bloke thing. That's why Randy yeah, doesn't like it. I think so. <laughs> my mum went... Nailed it. Oh, Ollie. <laughs> but my dad went, Chappy, it looks great. It does look chappy. Great. Um, 
What are we doing for time? Uh, let's do this quick uh, email. It's a uh, wrestle talk get better from Craig. It says on April 6, 2019, I decided to join a local swimming world as uh, swimming world slimming world group ah. here in Greater Manchester, the greatest city in the world, I might add. Anyway, for the past four weeks, I've lost a total of 6.5 pounds by cutting back my sugar intake, eating more fruit and veg, which I don't usually have, uh, which I wouldn't have usually done in the past. Cut out all fatty foods I eat previously and a very proud moment to try and change an unhealthy diet to be a more of a healthy one. Plus, got uh, a pedometer to go out and walk a bit more and try and lose a bit more of what that uh, rather big beer belly love all the podcasts a lot great work guys craig who's uh, uh craig uh, of patreon so he's one of our pledge hammers for everyone who has got no time for inefficient imperial measurements that's three kilograms in a, in a, in a what's he say two weeks uh, four weeks four weeks that's amazing good look that's at you look at you on the genuine positive, positive bandwagon. that's so good craig and they say of all the diets you can every diet that's out there, most of them work if you stick to it. But what do they all have in common? Eat more veg, eat less sugar. Mm, absolutely. And that's what you got to do. Keep it up, pal. I believe in you. That's uh, it's good. It's nice to hear this. Uh, this from you. Uh, but, let's but, crack- but you said Manchester was the greatest city in the world. I mean, it's not and Liverpool, we once is went it? there. <laughs> <laughs> and there was an abandoned pram in a car park, and it was raining. And it's one of the... That's what I think of now, unfortunately, when I think of Manchester. Also, it's not Liverpool, so um, can't be the greatest city in the world, can it? It wasn't European Capital of Culture 2008, was it? Uh, anyway, let's crack on with the show itself. Uh, we're going to be talking about that old Dean Ambrose situation. But we have got an email in from Mario that we're going to read out after this in connection to it. See what you think. Here's the show. Which is brought to you by our very own goddamn magazine, the Wrestle Talk magazine. Issue 9 is out now to buy. From the link in the video description below, you can see Becky Lynch on the front cover right there because it's our annual Wrestle Talk. Wrestle Talk Women's 50, where we rank the top 50 female wrestlers in the world. Spoiler, they're mostly Japanese. They're just better at it than we are. So head over to the link in the video description below to order your copy now. Good intro, mate. I felt you. I felt though that was powered by your excellent moustache. Yeah. So if you're if you've tuned in and you're like, huh, last time I saw Ollie, he didn't have a moustache. Well, I advise you to go back a few hours and see my WrestleMania. Wrestle League Season 1 Predictions Punishment. I came last out of me, Luke, and Laurie. And just to clarify as well, don't go back in time. Just go back a couple of hours in your own YouTube feed. You don't actually need to jump into the quantum realm in order to see the video. Yes, yeah, yeah. That's the, that's the miracle of video on demand mm. these days. Uh, and yeah, yeah, I thought it would be funny to uh, shave my face into a moustache to get across the comedy of the sexy boy cover but it really suits you i like it too. i think it really suits you i know like randy andy datson was not keen randy andy so uh, we, we used to have a cat uh and i i grew really long hair at university came back and the cat saw me didn't know who i was that's what's happened to randy he looks a bit who are you <laughs> where is my master yeah yeah but i think it suits you man i think he's got you really like fit in now we're in Hackney. Mm, yeah. yeah, it's a hipster tash. Oh, it totally is. I yeah. put I put on my girlfriend's uh, glasses yesterday. Did you look like Rivers Cuomo from Weezer? Oh, if only. No, they were more tortoise shelly, uh, large ones. Right. And 
looked even better. Yeah. I looked even more hipster. So it's a shame you got your laser eye surgery then. You don't yeah. need to wear glasses anymore. I just have the no lenses <laughs> in. Or can you undo corrective eye surgery? I'm sure I could just jab myself in the eye. Yeah. Drew McIntyre, Dean Ambrose style. It's possible. Which brings us on to... Segway! Oh! All the Segway power is in here. <laughs> it wasn't in here. It's already bristly. It, I know, man. It's yeah. not 24 hours. No, yeah. you shave... Like, so if you watch the NXT ramble, there was a moment when Ollie Davis came in and we all went, oh, but we couldn't talk about it. <laughs> That's what we were reacting to. That was our live reaction yeah. to, uh, to the reveal. So yeah, that is less than 24 hours later. Muggins over here can't grow... Like, this is like three weeks no two weeks worth of like facial hair growth on the side of my face mm. it's I'm like the uh, that famous movie that everyone knows Evan Almighty where he shaves and it pops back the very next second mm. no, not not the Santa Claus movie no no, or, no, I mean, no one knows it from then also it was a joke in the Simpsons like way back when Evan Almighty did it best <laughs> but Dean Ambrose his WWE contract expired at the end of April so, at the very first possible opportunity, which is midnight, is it midnight on April 30th or is it midnight May the 1st? I just thought it had been uh, midnight April 30th. Right. So, the one that's at the end of the month. So, April is finished. Dean Ambrose posts under the John Moxley Twitter account. He joined Twitter. Dean Ambrose hadn't been on Twitter previous to this. He was quite famously off all forms of social media. Mm. So he joins with John Moxley. The crucial part of that name is that's what he used to wrestle under before joining WWE. He made his name in hardcore death matches, really, predominantly in CZW. He wasn't really a guy who came through a Ring of Honor or an Impact, TNA no. as it was back then. Yeah, yeah it was... It was, was CZW, British, please. Mm, yes, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Uh, and the, 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 there was loads of stuff about, well, this Dean leaving thing could be a work or he just wants time off. Dave Meltzer reported in the Wrestling Observer a few weeks ago that the belief backstage in WWE is that Ambrose is going to retire from wrestling. Yeah. But, you know, he's young. He'll probably come back in a few years. So the very first opportunity to join Twitter and post this video we're about to watch and react to... That's like, that's... Yeah, it was kind of crazy because we've discussed on this show before, he's done interviews in the past where he says, yeah, when I leave WWE, I'll do one last death match in CCW and then I'll retire. I'm going to just go off into the woods like Thanos at the end of Infinity War. I'm just going to go off to a shack in the middle of the woods and I'm just going to sit there and watch weird plants grow. And and, and that's what he was looking to do. And yet, yet here we are. He's, it apparently, well, okay. So do we want to get onto the conspiracy theory that it is still a work? And what, to debut him in NXT? Well, yeah, so... Do you want to, should we watch the video we watch the video first? and then we'll jump into the conspiracy yeah, okay. theories and everything, yeah. I mean, the production values right off the bat are it looks phenomenal. Like a, it looks like a WWE movie. Yeah, but like something they would never have had the creativity to, to make. What are you talking about? They did that Vendetta movie where Big Show was in prison and he beat up Superman. I, I sit corrected. So when, when I first watched this, I thought those guards were people. I was like, was that Seth Rollins? <laughs> so he's, he's literally breaking out yes. of prison. It's, it's quite a, a heavy-handed metaphor. metaphor yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a metaphor, and then he's going to go and try and scale this fencing here. Chased by a big dog. Yeah, because I, there were those rumours that... Uh, Roman, well, actually, Roman said in interviews he's going to convince Dean to stay. Yeah, I love how he rips his arm off mm -hmm. the barbed wire. 
and then like, yeah, now I'm in the ring, I'm serious. There's a shot here where he's walking back to the camera down a street and it just it m sends shivers down my spine. This one. Yeah. Just the way he's hunched it's over. Hunched over, yeah. Those shots don't look as good, the chin-ups. <laughs> M. Oh. oh. That's significantly viper dice. Dripping of blood. Barbed wire around the fists. Mox. The return of Hardcore Dean. Yeah, so that's... Uh, I mean, Mox does sound a bit like a Guy Ritchie movie character. <laughs> it's he's Mox. called Mox. He's Mox. Why is he called Mox? Well, he's going to mox you up, isn't it? He's yeah. going to mox you. He's going to hit you on the ding-dong. <laughs> and now, here's a funk song from the 1970s. <laughs> Uh, Works with your tash. Yeah, I, 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 it's, it's an incredible promo. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, <laughs> it, it seems to have been quite split in our office though, because while you and I thought it was quite good, housemate Simon and Laurie thought it's quite rubbish. I don't think they. So that Screen Grapple debuts tomorrow, which is their new series where they just mock stuff. Mocks stuff. <laughs> nice. Uh, and they, yeah, I don't think they disliked it. I just think they thought. It's just Dean Ambrose. Yeah, Dean Ambrose has debuted his new character, which is Dean Ambrose. Yeah, and I, if if you're going to be cynical about it, I totally that that's probably a criticism. I'm so overwhelmed by how cool it looks and the production values and the idea of the Dean Ambrose we've always wanted. Like we don't want the lunatic fringe, wacky line. Remember oh. that was this new, that was the move name for a while, the wacky line. Was it? Yeah, you know where he springs back and then springs forward with a clothesline. Oh my god! Uh, that one of the worst wrestling experiences we've ever had is going to a taping of Monday Night Raw in London, and Braun Strowman had suddenly been injured just a few days before. We didn't know that yet, so they rewrote the show and they put Dean Ambrose as the what wacky was, general manager. What was rewritten on the day? <laughs> Yeah. A weird world. Uh, well, you know, the, it, th things have changed since then. <laughs> and Dean Ambrose was the Raw GM, and it was just such a crappy nothing God, show. Was there was That was the night where I, I realised what three hours truly meant, mm. which was we got to the end of hour two, and we were like, do you know what? No, that wasn't too bad, because they had like a sort of a big main event style thing <laughs> at the end of hour two, and we were like, do you know what? That wasn't too bad. Well, you said that wasn't too bad. And so I paused and was like, Oh, there's still that Dean Ambrose mismatch to come. That's only the second hour. Mm. We just sort of slumped back in our seats going... So I think it's it's not a hot take to say Dean Ambrose was not misbooked in WWE because, you know, one of the members of The Shield. He did have that, that feud with AJ Styles on SmackDown for the first brand split, the James Ellsworth stuff. Like, he was... He was booked as a main event star. And always protected. And always protected, yeah. But not to, you know, I, not to the level of Seth and Roman. And also, he was the one that Vince McMahon obviously saw and thought, well, you're wacky. Mm -hmm. And we all wanted Brian Pillman, edgy, unhinged, 
in a PG environment. Which is what he clearly wanted to mm. do. That that was his style of wrestling. That was the character that he was trying to portray. Even within the Shield, he was always like he's the loose cannon of this group, as you know, Brian Pillman esque. So it always felt like that's what he wanted to be doing as well. But yeah, you're right. Vince was like, no, 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 you're the wacky one. Also, you're definitely not the one who's getting a main event push. You yeah. are. You're the upper mid carder we've got of this team. And we watched WrestleMania 30 uh, last a couple of weeks ago, and that's the Shield match versus Kane and the New Age, the New Age Outlaws. Outlaws. And yeah. that's a, a two months before they broke up. And watching Dean there, I kind of, when I think of Dean now, I think shaved head and this this current look. Prison Dean. Yeah, <laughs> prison Dean. But this is with the long hair and how frantic and crazy he was. Yeah. And those original Shield promos, like, I always thought he was, he's the one I'm most engaged in. Yeah, he really was the standout of that group. Because he was never pushed to be the standout of the group, he felt like the standout mm. guy. And he felt like the one who was so different from Seth and Roman. And when they were split, I remember, like, when the Shield split and they were like, okay, well, we're, we're going with Seth as a guy for a while, but really... Roman is the guy. But this is when Rome, like the fans completely turned against Roman. And Seth was doing fine as a heel, but then he went out injured. Mm. But they were still like, we're still going with Roman as the guy. And I was listening, Wrestling Observer Radio, every single person under the sun was just like, Dean's the guy. Yeah. Like the crowd are so into Dean Ambrose. And this like there was a big, big push, a big surge of interest from fans getting behind Dean. And it was like, yeah, everyone's it was like the Becky Lynch thing. Mm. Like all the wrestling you know, outsiders and wrestling fans going like, well, Dean's the one we like. Dean's the one we want to see push. And they were just like, no, 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 fingers and ears. We're going with Roman. Yeah. And, and we don't care about Dean. There's a, and, and then I, th I really think it was that period of time where Stone Cold Steve Austin had his podcast on the network and Dean Ambrose was a guest. Yeah. And Dean didn't want to do it. That's not his thing. I, have you ever listened to his, I think he did an art of wrestling with mm. Colt Cabana. And it's just fascinating. Like he is just, no, I'm I'm legit a private guy. Yeah, not, that's why just, he was on Twitter. That's yeah. why he wasn't on social media. I just, I just don't talk about that stuff. And you like, I I always think as you're a wrestling promotion, you've got these really talented people working for you as as wrestlers. They're gonna have ideas, and sure, not all their ideas are good, but you want these ideas to filter up to you, and that so you don't become stagnant. So, and I just see like how Ambrose has made this, well, Moxley, I guess we should call him now, how he's obviously created this vision of his promo, I mean, potentially to join AEW, that seems like the very logical guess. And he had all of that in his head. And this feels like nothing I've ever seen before in wrestling. This feels like what, I didn't know I wanted wrestling to be this yeah. and have this level of awesomeness. So... Should we get into the? Should we jump into the conspiracy theories there? Let's go. Or should we say the AEW stuff first? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's go with that because I think that's the. I, I like you. I think that's the more logical direction. But I'm not going to go down the. It's no. I, sh I shouldn't have said it's the more logical direction. What I will say is it's the direction I would like to see this go down. Because if the conspiracy theorists are correct, I'm so less interested in this in this promo package. Well, for the AEW stuff, obviously, just right off the bat enormous production values this is you know this is a great great video package and that it's not gonna be i mean impact kind of film their stuff like that but i don't see them having bought <clears throat> ring of honor don't do this it's not gonna be czw this isn't like a pack situation mm. where he goes back to wrestlegate because 
that's where he made his name. They they don't have the budget for this unless well, I guess unless Dean's put his own money in. Or it's a case of that AEW have funded it, but because like, he's taken bookings throughout June. That's mm. the that's what is in the Observer this week is that he's got and it, it's not specifically with AEW. It is various different promotions around the, mm. the US. So it could just be that the eventual goal is that we're going to be at, at double or nothing. But let's get you on the independence now. But we'll pay to do the big promo yeah, package. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you can build up momentum from that. Exactly. Like the, all the stuff Cody, the Bucks are doing in using in the promotions to build grassroots support. Yeah. It's 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 inspired. It's fantastic. But uh, the first thing we see, there's loads of prison style scratches on the wall in blocks of five to count time past. The portion that's lighted adds up to twenty five. May twenty fifth which is Double or Nothing, AEW's first official pay-per-view. Then later on, Dean walks past, uh, It's apparently it's a street in California where the Viper Rooms is a thing, and it's a woman with two dice beneath her. Those dice, say, on the wall, uh, have two and five on. Mm-hmm. 25th, and the dice are very symbolic for Double or Nothing because it's in Las Vegas. It's been used in the marketing material. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's called Double or Nothing. Yeah. Know? They've got a big old gambling feel to it to, to sort of tie into the, the, the Vegas. And and that isn't a mistake. Like, if you're thinking, yeah, but you just walk past a wall. It's like, yeah, I, well, but a lot. I, I wouldn't say of everything you can say about this. I don't think you can say it's not very well thought out. Uh, yes, or I mean, we were sort of uh, Moxley. We were sort of moxing uh, at the start, saying like, "Oh, it's a, it's a bit of an on the nose metaphor of him legit, like figuratively breaking out of prison." It could have just been that they walk past that and be like, oh, I didn't think of that, actually. Mm. We were so busy focusing on the prison thing that I didn't think to look at what's on this poster or how many scratches are on the wall. So I, I would legit put money on Moxley going to AEW just off of this. Mm. I th- I, to me, I think it's. You know, not a sure thing, but I I think it's... I, I would say it's a thing. Yeah. Now, tell me about these conspiracy theories. So the conspiracy theory is it's too well produced for it to be something that Dean has made himself. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it has to be a WWE production. And I said that it looks like it's done by a WWE films group. Like it has sort of that, that feel to it, that sort of after effects. We're going to put sort of like fake... We're going to make this look dingier than it was when it was shot, just to make it look feel more dark and gritty. So there are people who think like, and it was produced like somebody was like, it's been produced too quickly, like from him leaving. So and there was a rumor, there was a report that came out last month, I think, which was that Dean is going, but he's only going for six months, and he's going to come back, and it's going to be a freshening up of the character. So there are those that believe that. John Moxley will debut in WWE in six months' time, and that's what this video is there for. Dean leaving, and that's why they gave him the big hero send-off. That's why they announced it on the website. That's why they weren't hiding that Dean is leaving. They didn't extend his contract like they have with Luke Harper and Pac and, and Rey Mysterio. Uh, so I think there are... It, it's like a lot of really good conspiracy theories. There's a lot in there that makes you go like, hmm. Do you know yeah. what? You, yeah, yeah, yeah. you might have a point. Otherwise, yeah. Otherwise, the conspiracy theory wouldn't gain traction. Yes. It's, it's when all conspiracy theories have that moment where you go, huh. And, and the one for me when you just said it was they treated him well on the way out. They gave him the big hero <laughs> yeah. leave. Yeah, so, I think that is, is strange. For me, and we were talking about this when we were down the pub uh, the other night with Louie and, and, and Randy. Uh, that, Lewis. Sorry, yes, you're right. Absolutely. Lewis. <laughs> Bless his heart. Um, that... 
uh, and they were like they were both on the bandwagon. I think uh, Louis certainly more than Randy that it's a WWE thing. He's going to go back to WWE. Wow. But for me, I think that's a terrible error. I think, and I, I the example the example I gave to him was that well, it's the bar. It's you. You say we're doing a title unification match on the Raw after WrestleMania, and what we give you is the bar. Mm. This is just like, we are going to give you John Moxley and he's going to go out and he's going to go to AEW. What you're getting is just Dean Ambrose again, but with a new name and he's not going to, and it's in a PG environment. So he actually can't do any of the deathmatch stuff that he's teasing in this video. It's just Dean's back, but he's called John now. That is such a letdown. That is, I would have rather they not bothered. Mm. Like that is, because all he's going to be is just the exact same thing. And it will just be a sanitized version of what he wants it to be. He'll end up doing hokey S-word stuff that he didn't like when we the reports came out back in January, that that's one of the reasons why he was leaving. He didn't like any of the gas mask stuff and, and or getting injections into his butt and whatnot. And, and uh, turning heel the night that Roman announced his leukemia diagnosis. Mm. I thought it was... I, I'm... I like that episode. I'm still, I'm still on board with that. I think yeah. it was a great idea. But Dean personally, and I can totally see why, was was reportedly very against it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and you could see why mm. absolutely. So yeah, for me, it, it's uh, if it, this ends up with him being back in WWE, <laughs> like that, that's a, a bit of a letdown. I, I mean, I that that has like two percent. Authenticity in my head, that conspiracy <laughs> theory. It's too, it's too out there. Uh, I, I don't think that's the way it is at all. I don't think WWE would fuel the belief that people want to leave WWE right now, uh, especially one of their top stars. Because I really think that Dean Ambrose leaving reports was a huge shift in. Oh crap! We can go. This AEW WWE thing is way more significant because, like yeah. before, then you had the revival. Uh, the Kanellasai, Ty, Kenta. Ty, uh, yeah, and oh, I think Ty was after that. Oh, yeah, Ty was a couple after, of yeah, after yeah. that. Uh, but Kenta, yeah. And it was, so no one big, but when Dean happened, you're like, oh my God. And all of a sudden, the Usos contracts are expiring soon. Yeah. Over here, you know, all these little things Sasha happening. Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks. Luke Harper. Yeah. So I, I, first of all, that's one reason I don't think WWE would have run a all fake he's leaving angle when they're legit concerned about everyone leaving their company. And Bully Ray said this on his radio show uh, with someone else. And he said, just going by the way WWE operates, they have spent so much time and money building up the Dean Ambrose name, a name that they own the rights to. Why would they then bring him back under his name that he owns the rights to and not use any of the previous stuff. Yeah. It just, it just business-wise, how WWE does it, it's not in their mo. Yeah, or it's a case of we, and we've been seeing this with WWE as of late. Them offering out contracts to guys that possibly could have left. Jim Ross, uh, I think he was on Busted Open Radio, said that he suggested AEW bring in a guy from WWE. You know, there's a guy in his thirties. He could come in, really help some of the younger guys out. Also, he's never featured on TV. And he was told, can't get him. He's just signed a new contract for half a million a year because WWE are now trying to mm. sign up as many of their people that they can so that they don't go to AEW. Or in the case of Harper, just tying them up in sort of contractual loops so you're just sort of stuck in perpetuity and you can't go anywhere. Is this a case of 
uh, the other one, Goldberg. There's the reason why mm-hmm. Goldberg's returned for the Saudi Arabia show is because WWE didn't want him to go to AEW. That's why The Undertaker's back. That's why Kurt Angle's been pulled from StarCast and pulled from he's been pulled from WrestleCon as well. It's because WWE didn't want him going elsewhere with the possible option of him going to AEW. Is there an argument to be made that Dean was like, I'm going, I'm done, I'm gone. And they were like, what is it you want? And he said, I want to wrestle under my own name. I want to wrestle like this. I want to do this and this. And it was like, fine. As long as you don't go, that's what we'll, we'll, we'll mm. sign that deal. Well, yep. you go away six months, you come back, we'll debut as John Moxley, and you'll have creative control over your character, or you'll have a, you know, a modicum of creative control because I don't imagine how much creative control you can have in this, this business, or in this company at the very least. So, is there an argument to be made for that? There is. There is an argument to be made for that, especially if you add in Ambrose turns up on the newly revamped SmackDown on Fox. There is an argument to be made for that. However, the argument that it's just <laughs> AEW is massive. Like, all, like, that. yeah, I look at that, I think it's quite a clear-cut answer. It's AEW. They're, they're just a tiny, tiny voice. Insignificant voice is going, yeah, but maybe it's this really convoluted, <laughs> contrived ruse by WWE. Hey man, I'm just presenting. I know, I know, I know. I'm just presenting what people said. Apparently, I'm bitter because people thought it was a work. (laughs) It's not a work. He's not going to WWE, and I don't care. Like, play that clip back to me in six (laughs) months when he shows up on SmackDown because I believe it right now. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Should I uh, 
get the... Should, should I keep the Tash? I, I like this more than, than the ad that we just saw where I had a beard. Yeah. I think it suits you so, so well. <laughs> I would... But, I mean, what did your, what did your lady partner think? She hates it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah right. she hates it. She, uh, she wouldn't kiss me <laughs> when I saw her. She just went, nah. Nah. <laughs> Uh, right, anyway, uh, time for Crab Gimmicks. If you're thinking to yourself, what the heck is a Crab Gimmick? Well, that's a segment we do here each and every Saturday on the Wrestle Ramble magazine version of this show where you, the SWAF Nation, send to us your Crab Gimmick submissions and then we, the bookers, name promoters of Crab Gimmick Wrestling, des- decide whether we want to sign them or not. So close. If you want to email them in, it's luke at wrestletalk.com. One more time, luke at wrestletalk.com. Huge backlog. Uh, we are starting in August 2018. In fact, oh. August 18th, 2018. It was a hot summer. But we're also picking them at random throughout. But this one comes in from Savin, who says, The Emos, E-M-Os, are a five-man stable consisting of various characters who represent the five emotions. Their colors and characters are the same as the ones from Inside Out, Mm. and their physical profiles all vary as shown below. Each one has a unique look, all have their own finisher, which individually is not very strong. However, when they tag, their tag finisher is called Schizo for schizophrenia, in case anyone is wondering, where they perform all of their finishes in succession. Promo work is on point, as each member expresses their character. Their music is cult of personality. Below is each member's profile. Happy, uh, Joy, is a plucky baby face, 5 foot 10. Finisher is Joyride, a pop-up buckle bomb. Somber, sad, is a uh, face, large round fellow, a la Big Daddy V with a singlet. 6 foot 3, finisher is the Depression, uh, which is where he sits on a uh, ground I like that. That's good. Rage for anger. Heel. Shredded. Uh, th- think Ryback. Six foot five. Finisher is the pounce or spear. Panic for fear is uh, the face heel. James Hellsworth type frame. Five foot seven. Finisher is free fall. Goes up to the top rope. Gets scared and then just falls on the opponent. Panic refers mm. to uh, prefers yeah. to be the manager as he can distract the ref out of fear for his teammates uh, and revolt. Disgust. I thought you were doing. No, that. no, no. Just I'm thinking this. My my. I'm also enjoying my chin. Oh, I, I can't say, stop touching it. I you were like the rascals in, in uh, Impact doing that. Uh, and lastly, uh, Revolt is a heel, average size, six foot uh, ten guy. Finisher is dis, uh, Disca Sting. Tajiri missed into a low blow with distraction from Panic. I wasn't sold on this at the start because in my head I was just like, yeah, but it's just inside out. But halfway through that, I was like, this is L.I.J. <laughs> yeah. Especially when we got to the end with Disgust. I'm like, well, there's evil. Yeah. He can be like... Uh, and the, the idea of fear being the manager, yeah. that's a really nice twist to it. The only thing I'd change would be, uh, you said that when they all come together, uh, I would book them stronger uh, the, uh, individually. I think they can get over by, like, win matches by themselves. But when they come together, oh, my God, they're, they're, they annihilate everyone. Yeah. Uh, Five-man tags, I guess, just apart outside Survivor Series. Yeah. Um, but that would be a fascinating elimination War story. Games. Oh yeah, and and every time someone Poor gets eliminated, <laughs> every time someone gets eliminated, that would change the emotional makeup oh, of the team. Yeah. So you can have all these different combinations, like joy and anger. What does their combined style look like? Uh, but yet yeah, you said that their finisher is in succession. I want combos. Mm. I want combo ones. So uh, for a a pop up power bomb uh, for joy. Say if I guess Sad is on the top turnbuckle, they leap over and they end in the depression of the pop-up powerbomb. Yes. So that would be 
and that's like joy and anger on your on your face. Yeah, and it's, uh, that's one of the uh, the ideas that New Day had. I think they said this in an interview where they they actually wanted to sort of change the name depending on which team, well, which of the trios was sort of there, huh. and the trios themselves or the two versions of the trios would have their own finishing moves. Mm. So, like if it was Biggie and Xavier, they would do the Midnight Hour or the Up Up Down Down. But if it's Kofi and Biggie, they would have a different tag finish. That makes total sense. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I like that. I'd not not changing the names but mm. uh, yeah I, I really like this it's good it's very very good uh, up next we've got Dylan uh, who sent in on December 9th dear Ollie Luke and Laurie thank you for this channel because there is no way I could will myself to follow WWE without you uh, my wrestler is Ali David he is a tall thin British man who watches and reviews all matches in CGW he is often seen in backstage segments where he talks to fellow wrestlers about their match and how he could improve their in-ring work mic skills or character work as Ali comes down to the ring he will wear his signature leopard skin jacket and on big events will pull out the wonder woman inspired wonder alley outfit as part of his entrance he will sarcastically yell at crowd members and he'll say his signature catchphrases ooh wendy and who really is byron saxton ali works a very technical style in the ring and when he has the advantage he will taunt his opponent by telling them where they <laughs> went wrong his finisher is a jackhammer which he renamed the pledgehammer yeah, this is good, obviously. I see what you've done here. It's a play on Luke. Yeah. And the only thing I'd change... But I should say why it's not a play on me, though, because he didn't write handsome in the description mm. of Aww. what it looks like. <laughs> uh, the, I wouldn't have... If you're going to do a, a proper riff, a proper trolling gimmick, it shouldn't be Wonder Woman. It, it should be Batgirl or Captain yeah. Marvel, Ollie. Yeah. Or Ali. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, it should. everything should have been slightly wrong. So, yeah. ooh, Randy. Yep. Uh, who really is... Chad Gable. Yeah. Yeah. All those bits. And this last one comes in from Emma Hartnell, sent on April 4th. Hi, Luke. Et al. My idea for crap gimmick is Mama Pain. Mama Pain takes no nonsense, but in a manner of more... Oh, do you want to help me with this word? Oh. Al... 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 Ali... Al... Alicrity. Alicrity? No, that's wrong. I, I recognise the word, so you want but I couldn't tell you how to say it. Or what it means. Uh, it's apparently it's for brisk and cheerful readiness. Well, there's a word I didn't know I needed. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, if only we knew how to say it, we could use it in a sentence. Aliquity. Uh, then absolute. Oh, it's another word I don't know. Uh, she's grumpy. Castigation. But, uh, thank you very much. Uh, she's grumpy. I've got an English literature A level. Um, she's grumpy, but I she think wants Emma the best does for as you. Well, by the looks of this, <laughs> that's definitely English language. This. Mm. Uh, she's grumpy, but she wants the best for you. She wears a bodysuit with tiger stripes across the tummy section in homage to all the mummers in the world and struts the arena to crazy horses by the Osmonds. Her moves are ones she has taken from other wrestlers before they do themselves a mischief. GTS is now lights out time. The curb stomp is now the naughty step and the shining wizard becomes MDP, Mother's Day present, to name but a few. The kookiness doesn't stop outside the ring gear either. Whatever size your wardrobe is wearable merch, you get two sizes bigger because you'll grow into it at some point. Hope you like it. It's from Emma Hartnell. I'm going to take a stab in the dark. Emma Hartnell is herself a mother of children. Yeah. Because this was a very positively written mama gimmick. Yeah. I like it, though. I don't, we don't have many baby faces. And this would be a good baby face edition. I, I feel like she takes no nonsense. Yep. A lot of sass in Mama Pain. Yeah. Uh, and also, I was raised on the Osmonds. My mum is obsessed with Donny Osmond. So yeah, like uh, yeah, crazy crazy horses, the Osmonds, yep. mum, <laughs> it all comes together in my head. 
Uh, well, yeah, this is very good. Very, very good. So, uh, do you want Mama Payne? Do you want Ali David? Or do you want the emos? This is the strongest week we've had in quite some time. Mm. I'm, I'm going to say no to Ali David right out the out the gate because there could have been an extra layer of trolling that was missed out on. Uh, I, I love Mama Payne, but I think the most developed and one with most potential is I've forgotten the emos. The emos. Yeah, the emos. It is. <laughs> And if you want to send in a question to the mailbag, all you've got to do is become one of our awesome pledge hammers on Patreon and leave a comment in the community section. Do not email me, I'll just lose it and you won't get your question answered. I'm very bad at my job. Uh, thank you to Mr. One who sent in his own fancy book in warfare on Gargano and Cole. We're not going to read out here because it is lengthy, but you can go over to Patreon and read it there yourself if you'd like. Uh, but this question comes in from Captain James Dillon. Uh, he uh, has a potpourri of email topics uh, to say the world's collide, the lady person's edition, is on the network and i was wondering if any of you intend on watching it i didn't know there was one yeah this was they've done a very bad job of promoting the uh second world's collider they did i yeah and i'd say i'm pretty across <laughs> what wwe are doing yeah and i don't know this uh, what about just a normal person did they um did you know they did one which was like the future and past of nxt yes, yeah, 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 yeah yeah that was the luke harper dijak match yes yeah, yeah that's on the network now. yeah yeah they did a lady person. I did well. not know there was a lady it was, one. It was, um, yeah, Raw, SmackDown, and NXT UK. And NXT were sort of clashed. I think they had um, Nikki Cross against Nick. That's where she is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, on there she's like credited as SmackDown. Um, but who knows where she is at the moment. Kylie Ray was on there as well. I think they did Viper mm. versus Alina Vega. Ah, cool. Match, which would be good. Um, it's also asked, uh, it's pretty good in my opinion. The one thing that stood out for me was Mia Yim on commentary. She did really well alongside Vic Joseph and Aiden English. Oh. Uh, I'd like to hear how you think she rates compared to Beth Phoenix or even Renee Young. Sadly, we haven't watched it, so can't comment on that one now. I haven't watched it, but knowing how much I enjoy Renee Young and Beth Phoenix's main roster produced commentary, yeah, it was much better. Yeah. Mia Yim was much better at commentary. I'm... I'm Really excited to see how Beth does yeah. in NXT, where she's not being overproduced. Yeah. Is she genuinely bad? Or is she just bad because that's the way she's produced yeah. on the main roster? Like Renee Young. But she did do commentary for Evolution, and that was an NXT... Oh, that's right, yeah, it was. It was basically a Triple H yeah. Stephanie production. But yeah. I don't remember her being terrible on that show. But she did have your least favourite line from the whole what thing. What a warrior! <laughs> <laughs> ah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, Juan Gabriel has emailed and say, I haven't posted on here in months because I've been extremely busy with school and work. I want to tell you guys that you've helped Priorities. me through it all. Not sleeping for days, and I've been listening to your podcast and the news. Thank you so much for being amazing and keeping me accompanied indirectly. I have an unpopular opinion. I think Johnny shouldn't have won the NXT title just yet. Adam Cole should have won, and they could have furthered the Champa Gargano storyline by hinting that Johnny cannot win without Champa's help. Then have Johnny chase after any title and have him lose his opportunities. Then, uh, then if and when he wins it's because Champa interferes my question do you think Johnny's win was done at the right time I think this is a testament to how brilliant they have brilliantly they've told that story and built those characters over such a long period of time and that is that idea you just suggested is great the idea that they went with is also great yeah. there are probably a bunch of other routes they could have gone down also really great I, I, I was I, I was really against Gargano winning in that match. The whole crowd 
are against Gargano winning in that match. But it is such a great last fall that Gargano wins a round. Absolutely. Like, I think that performance shows you he is the best babyface working in WWE. That live stream was so fascinating because like, we were watching it and the crowd were not into Gargano. They just wanted to see Cole win. They were booing Johnny. But Gargano is such a good babyface that he turned that crowd around and that crowd then only wanted to see mm. Gargano win. And I remember like when we did our predictions, I think we all had Cole down to win yeah. because we thought that makes so much storyline sense. You can have Gargano do the chase. But then when you have Gargano standing on the ramp with uh, Candice LeRae and then Champa walks out as well. It was a beautiful, beautiful moment. And we said on the live stream, God, they made the right choice. Mm. That was absolutely the right choice. How has Gargano been on NXT? It's been good. He's still tied up with the Undisputed Era. But like at the moment, though, he feels like a backdrop to their own because they're, they're sort of imploding. With Roddy, yeah. They're actually going to be going in a split of Roddy and Fish versus Cole and O'Reilly. Hmm. Which could be interesting. Uh, Dylan Reeve asked, uh, what do you think is the most underrated NXT match of all time? Mm. Balor and Neville from TakeOver <laughs> Rivals springs to mind for me. They did a four-way. I think it was called NXT four-way as well, which was... Um, I think it was... Breeze. Ne- Breeze, Neville, Zayn, and I think Tyson Kidd? That was... If that's the match I'm thinking of, that was the first time where I was like, oh my God, NXT's yeah. great. NXT TakeOver. Yeah, and that, and that started my love affair with Breeze too. And that I, I'm sure there's so many. I'm sure there's so many. But the one that jumped to my mind is, yeah, weirdly, Tyson Kidd, yeah. Bobby Roode versus Ty Dillinger at NXT oh, TakeOver yes. Toronto. We did it off the Patreon <laughs> podcast. What a great match. A match that has no right to be as great as it is, but that crowd is so into Ty. Yeah. They're so Bobby's Canadian, isn't he? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> so against Bobby. Great entrance for Roode. Yeah. And just a perfectly told story yeah it was like the peak of 10 being the most over thing in the company and in ring it's not amazing (laughs) but storyline wise i guess it's closer to a dream match in that a velveteen dream match in that way Uh, yeah i I love i love that match do you want to hear what else was on that card for NXT TakeOver Fatal 4-Way. Come on, man. Uh, Are they all Fatal 4-Ways? No, it's not. Uh, the Lucha Dragons, Kalisto and Sin Cara, defeated the Ascension of Connor and Victor to win the NXT Tag Team Championships. And I bet that was a really good match. Yep. Baron Corbin defeated CJ Parker. In three minutes. Oh, 29 seconds. Oh, okay, so that was back when they were doing the, yeah, the, the counting. Crowd, the crowd would count yeah, along yeah. for how long the match would go. Oh, if we only knew Baron Corbin. <laughs> Enzo Amore with Colin Cassidy defeated Sylvester Lafort with Marcus Louis in a hair versus hair match. Huh. Uh, Bull Dempsey defeated Mojo Rawley. Hmm. And Charlotte. De- I, I liked Bull Dempsey. Yeah, and Charlotte defeated Bailey. Huh. Well, that is. I bet that was very sports entertaining. Yeah. I think the main event would have been the, the more NXT as we see it now. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Right, next question. Uh, Craig asks, were the click good for business in the mid-90s due to some of the stories you hear about them burying people? Hmm. <laughs> not not for that reason, uh, I would I would argue. Um, were they good for... Bu- <laughs> no, in a sense, because I think... Nash in particular, and this is not a slight against Nash, these are his words, more or less, is that for him, wrestling was just about making money and doing whatever you could to make the most money, and that's all that really mattered. Like, when he's asked the question, who's the greatest wrestler in the world, he'll say, Hulk Hogan is, he made the most money. (laughs) I guess Brock Lesnar now, right? Surely Brock Brock has overtaken Yeah, this would have been about, like, 10, 15 years ago, yeah. Uh, I, you know what? 
they weren't. And But it's close. Because I keep coming back to how Scott Hall and Kevin Nash really revolutionised the entire business with how they went into WCW and they re like they made wrestlers employees not not employees but like you got guaranteed, guaranteed contracts money. with a big television network Hogan would have had that as well Hogan yeah. got that when he first signed but this was like it changed the when it, they it, jumped across yeah because they were WWF guys like Hogan Savage Piper et al they were like they were already out to pasture but they were then signed to these guaranteed mm. contracts Hall and Nash were like they were the big sort of blows of like oh my god we just lost these two guys you can argue the Lex as well but I think Hall and Nash were the ones that really were the they were the, the first big warning shot mm. and they, they really changed stuff for the wrestlers themselves however that went under any good they did which was in self-interest like it was not it was not to change the business for the better it was it seems to be for self-interest that that's a major factor of choking that company to death and then all the positive changes they made for the industry sunk with them mm. because then you just it, you had a worse state of affairs coming out of it with just one market leader who could dictate whatever terms they want for the people who they contract. That and Sean was not the most likable person in the uh, mid-90s. You know, she's like, I just don't want to lose. We got Brett versus Austin, though. Uh, yeah, I, I he guess gave us that. But we did also get Sid versus The Undertaker, which yeah. was diabolically <laughs> bad. Um, Josh uh, says, what are the chances the Money in the Bank theme song is Vince's alarm clock? What is Vince's alarm clock? Well, I think he's asking, is it money? Money, money, money. Oh, money, right. Money, 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 money. <laughs> you get how I, I heard that question wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Noah asks, uh, with the news that Road Dog quit WWE over writing frustrations with Vince, do you think we will see more writers getting fed up with his antics and leave or possibly even walk out slash strike? Well, I don't think they can strike if they're not a union. They're not unionized. That's, that's a bad thing. Um, but I certainly... I could see more. You've only got to look at um, the quit man. What's his name? Uh, Evans. Yeah. I can't remember his first name now. It was just like, I'm done. Like, this is ridiculous. I'm being, I was going to be fired because I had Bret Hart say Vince McMahon's name in a Hall of Fame speech. How do you not say it? How do you not say it? And like he was going to get fired over that. And to just add insult to injury, <laughs> then Triple H and his cronies go out and just say Vince's name over and over and over again because they think that's funny that this guy's just lost his job. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I think uh, quite a few people have already left. So, yeah, we just don't hear about it very often. Yeah, like there's such a high turnover rate because the, the hours are awful. There seems Traveling. to be no creative reward. Yeah. yeah. Um, Dwayne says hello WrestleTalk slash ScreenStalker crew I've got two questions that don't really relate to each other hmm. first are you guys still planning on airing that Mastermind quiz show that you released a preview of to Pledgehammers back in November well, we are yes is the answer yeah. it's, it's, we need guests we need guests <laughs> yeah. it's quite logistically difficult to get people to the studio Absolutely. to do it in the way we want to do it yeah um, and second I'm fantasy booking here would it be great to see Daniel Bryan return at Money in the Bank if when Kofi retains his title as a deranged delusional and unhinged Daniel Bryan giving Kingston a vicious and reintroducing his Hempyweight Championship yeah yeah I yeah, mean I, I, I love the idea of him still having the Hempyweight Championship anyway and just carrying that around saying no I'm the planet's champion he's the planet's champion yeah, yeah. he didn't lose that match yeah, yeah. so with the FTW belt yeah um 
Steve. Uh, St- I went Star Wars when Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, then Steve. Uh, I would like to see the following suggestion on the main roster, but since this isn't likely, here's a new idea for 205 Live. What if they invented a point system? What if for every match, whomever won could uh, either A, give a point to themselves, or B, take a point away from their opponent? Get enough points, get a title shot. Have too few points, you risk getting fired. Suddenly, every single match has stakes and drama, and even the most boring of matches becomes relevant. What are your thoughts on my idea? Keep up the good work. I think it's a great idea. I, 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 maybe not in that way, but I, yeah. How do you give stakes to everything? You, you create some form of league or not tournament because that's that's more knockout, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But yeah, like a league-based thing where there are points. I like the addition of, you know, will I take this point for me or do I tac- tactically use it yeah. to knock someone else down? Uh, I think the problem with this, though, this sounds like the sort of idea that TNA would have had during the Hogan-Bischoff era, where they would, they'd have introduced the rankings, it, yeah. it would have lasted for two months, and then they'd have got bored of it and stopped doing it. Yeah, that, that's that's where I'm apprehensive about it, because every time it's been done by a major wrestling promotion, they've screwed it up. Yeah. But in the idea itself, I think, is good, but in practicality terms... The stupid companies have the patience to pay attention to it. Yeah, yeah. My favorite of that TNA one was when they introduced it. Was like they were, we're gonna gonna push those guys based on who you vote for in online polls, and <laughs> Nigel McGuinness kept winning, and Eric Bischoff did not want to push him, so he just had uh, him lose all the time, and that just made people vote for him even more. Do you remember the SmackDown top ten? <laughs> Do you remember when I said, this is going to be great because this can build storylines and add to characters? Yeah. Yeah. How foolish I I was. optimistic I was uh, Derek Jones asked it seems like every match or segment has to be about a rivalry or a belt resulting in people having the same variation of match for months on end instead of that should there be more random matches without direct involvement of the belt Nikki Cross versus Liv Morgan Luke Harper versus Tyler Breeze or even someone like Nakamura having a match against Rowan where you can paint Nakamura as being strong right now it feels like there's only a handful of people that exist in WWE at any given time and not a league of people facing off against each other NXT can do it as did WWE and with three hours of Raw, I think it would fill time better than segments like Moment of Bliss or would lack of story, granted it is WWE's writing, keep you from being interested. So what you're, what you're saying here is that all the matches on WWE TV are, are really repeats of the same two people going so against saying just other. like Just shake it up a lot and have people facing different people all the time. And they don't have to always be for storyline purposes yeah. or for belts, but just going out there and having good matches. It ties in quite nicely with the previous suggestion uh, from Steve. 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 Uh, yeah. And and then that's a nice way to cycle out people so they're not on TV every week because you use the full depth of your roster more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Connor Going asks, aside from Walter versus Trent Seven, which potential matchup from Super Strong Style 16 are you most looking forward to? Uh, anything with Chris Brooks anything with Kyle O'Reilly Banks yeah. is there the yeah, women's form should be Banks pretty good I, I'm just looking for I'm, to be honest I'm going to be too drunk <laughs> to know what's going on yeah if you are at um, Super Strong Style on Sunday we're going to be there woohoo woohoo uh, Arbel asks uh, is Drew McIntyre in danger of being Bray Wyatt he's very impressive on TV for most mm. weeks but never wins a feud worth mentioning is he being booked out of relevancy 
I think that's already happened. Yeah, yeah it's not. It's not fully done, but we're getting he, there. He was on such an upswing, which really peaked with that Kurt Angle match where he, he God, really dominated yeah. him. I was like, okay, here we go, and then just lackey, Baron Corbin lackey for six months, boring WrestleMania match with Roman. Six months thing might be a bit of a stretch because I think he did the calendar thing in January or December. But um, oh man, that was like November. Is it really? Good lord, I'm very bad at tracking time. Um, which is my mistake. Uh, yeah, I think Drew McIntyre might. I'm hoping I'm wrong, but I'm hoping this is going to be crack November fifth. November fifth. Bloody yeah. hell. Um, yeah, I am. Um, I'm hoping that this is not going to be one of those guys that in five years time, ten years time, we're going to look back and go like, God, they dropped the ball. Like we did when we uh, we recently did WrestleMania 30 for our Patreon podcast. Mm. We were looking at John Cena versus Bray Wyatt. And we were like, God, Wyatt should have won that. And Wyatt losing really did kill a lot of that momentum that he had. Yeah. Yeah. Lorenzo says, to Luke, what did Ryback say to Randy? <laughs> very, very awful. He called him like subhuman scum and, and all this sort of stuff. It was... Very, very unnecessary. Yeah, massive overreaction. And uh, to Ollie, have you seen Big Brother US or the Canadian version? Did you see Big Brother UK when Bear won? Bear? How Bear's driving, how can that be? My Big Brother... I haven't seen the US or Canada ones, um, but yeah, my, my era of Big Brother was seasons one through to five. Craig. Yeah, Craig, who won it first. But it really peaked with... Uh, well, did Nadia, I think her name was Nadia, but she was a a, a transsexual winner. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was Big Brother yeah. 5. Because Big Brother 4 was infamously boring. <laughs> so they put every kind... They just they just hot-shotted the promotion <laughs> for Big Brother 5, and it was just glorious t- TV. Like there, was this, there was this homophobic uh, Asian guy and this trans... The, there was two, like... Camps, yeah. Of they, they got like the guys called themselves the alpha males, oh, and then God. the other one was like Marco's harem, and it was just like watching faction warfare. That was where someone was kicked out for throwing a plate at someone. Oh yeah, it was a, and my friend. And we thought the drama was only going to be like the height of nasty Nick. That's when it's going to be like, but then it just sort of managed to ramp it up. Yeah, and uh, the, there was chicken stew and Michelle. Do you remember that? No. She gave a hand job under a table. <laughs> <laughs> I loved. Yeah, so, yeah, long, long answer. Well, don't remember Bear. Uh, John says, hello, Ollie, Luke, Laurie, Pete, and also... Don't read it. Sorry. Given how poor SmackDown's tag division in, what would you do to change it? Would you create a new weird team like we've seen with Miz and Big Show, The Bar, Rusev, Nakamura, Santino, Kozlov? Uh, and if so, what would your suggestion be? Or would you call up a team or two from NXT like the Street Profits? Or would you do something unique and properly bush a team, uh, uh, book a team like the Fashion Police? I would take a team back from Raw and focus on Xavier and Big E. I don't know how long Big E's out for. They never they haven't really I, said. I thought I read something that he's back. He's not like we'll be not, for, we'll not be for, for ages. I'd I'd make Xavier and Big E like a full on tag team act. Mm. That's what they do all the time. Yeah. And they're rather than these six mans there, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think doing an NXT call up is the right thing because we've had a lot of them recently and I just don't think adding more new people is going to fix this issue mm. I could certainly see them throwing people together and just sort of Franken-teaming it <laughs> um, 
I hate Frankenteams. I hate Frankenteams either, but I think moving AOP across from Raw yes. or like, you know, to, I mean, the Superstar Shakeup is still going on. So like, I don't think it would hurt to, to move someone back or move someone else across. A 205 Live team, surely put two of those guys yeah, together. Yeah, that's, that, that's not the worst shout in the mm. world. I, I mean, it sort of feels like an NXT caller, but sort of not at the same yeah. time. So I don't think that's the worst idea. Um, yeah, or as I've been saying, merge the tag divisions. DX Solo says, Hi guys, I was wondering, do you think matches would be more dramatic to and tell better stories if every kickout wasn't at two? If two counts were more rare, I feel it would add a nice bit of drama when they did happen. Also, do you find it a bit annoying that um uh <laughs> that no holds bars extreme rules matches aren't really different from each other, but they just have the same name? Yeah. It's, <laughs> and, and street fights as well are the exact same thing. Mm. But that you wear denim. Well, that's, One has the, that's more the idea, denim. is they're meant to wear more denim. Um, and like an unsanctioned match is basically these these matches as well. No, unsanctioned is is a much bigger storyline deal. Because um, it's, it's, it's so dangerous or something, or they don't want these two to fight. The, the governing body steps away. We're not... This isn't a sanctioned fight. Then why is there a ref there? Well, yeah, that, exactly. <laughs> it's just not done right in WWE. Yeah. Um... Yeah. So, but do you think that um, kick out everyone kicking out at two devalues the two count? Totally. I used to. I, I feel like I was brought up on the structure of match. Particularly, I just remember it vividly. William Regal matches on Heat was you beat down a guy, you go for a pin, one kick, kick out, out kick one. out right away, kick out. But then as the match goes on, you wear them down. Then you start to do kick outs at two, and that's when oh yeah, and then fight, and then you get a few really close near falls. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the last decade in WWE in particular is just right out the gate, two counts, near yeah. falls. And yeah, it saps away the enjoyment. That's why wrestling matches don't matter on Raw. That's what it feels like anyway. Raw mm. and SmackDown. It's just people pop for entrances, they pop for finishes, and that's it. Uh, and lastly, Assange says, do you think it's still justified to get excited about NXT call-ups? With the main roster track record over the last few years, I'm personally dreading the call-ups of Velveteen Dream, Gargano, and Champa, and Unspeed here already, just because I know they'll be ruined. Yeah. Last year broke me. It was a bad year for NXT calls because I did that the video over the Christmas period of like ranking the NXT call-ups, and I was like, this is actually very difficult because it's just like which one was the least worst. Like mm. it was just going through. I was like, this is and Drew was the only one. I was like, Drew's successful because at least he's had a storyline. Yeah, because you, you think uh, the the period after WrestleMania 34, Andrade, Sanity, Drew McIntyre, was it Ember Moon as Ember well? Ember Moon, yeah. Yes, yeah, so I'm like, yes, I'm really excited for these people. But then by the end of the year and the on their way to WWE stuff, I w- I'd argue I was even excited about Lars when he was first teased. I was like, okay, cool. But when they did the on their way to WWE thing, I was just like, no, you yeah, don't well, know what you're doing with them. And then when they did the four out of nowhere call-ups of Ricochet, Alistair Black, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano, I was like, that- that's it. You've-, you've ruined it for me. I'm now scared. For NXT call-ups. Remember at the time when people said you were being uh, too negative about that? And, I do um, remember. Yeah, you just need to be more positive about this. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, one guy's uh, out for a year and, yeah, hmm. they don't... One's been dropped. Yep. So we've had... I'm tr- I was just trying to sort of count them. We've had 12 NXT call-ups this year, I think, because there was the On Their Way, then which the is, four. Which was six. Six. Then there was the four, but two of them didn't come, so that's eight. Is it six or seven? There was, yeah, uh, uh, so Heavy Machinery. Which is two. Lars. Lars. Nikki. Nikki. Lacey Evans. And, and EC3. three. So six, yeah. And then, there, and then you've got uh, Ricochet and Alistair Black. Four. So ten. Uh, yeah, uh, well, we didn't... 
Why? How did you get Oh, oh and Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano. But yeah, so technically 10, but those two didn't come up in the end. And then we've had the War Raiders, that's 10. Mm-hmm. Do we have any other NXT call-ups in there? Kyrie Sane, that's Kyrie 11. Sane, yeah. Shows what a great job they've done. <laughs> let's just say 11. Let's say... Let's say... Just above 10. Mo. Yeah. <laughs> and... None of them have worked. That's too many people to call up at any one time. Mm-hmm. That is a that's a silly number of people to call up within four months. Yeah, and I can't wait for uh, two more months of Alistair Black doing the same promo in a dark room mm-hmm. and Ricochet to to be the feed guy for Braun Strowman in big man matches. Someone pointed out as well, um, and I didn't even think about this at the time, but last week Ricochet... Robert Roode beat Ricochet and then the following week Ricochet was announced for Money in the Bank and Robert Roode wasn't even on TV cool Cesaro beat Cedric Alexander where's Cesaro been or Cedric Alexander (laughs) three hours is just not long enough probably that's the problem well that's all we've got time for today thank you for joining us go over to the link in the video description below to get your copy of the WrestleTalk Magazine Issue 9. It's just come out. It's got the WrestleTalk Women's 50 in there. Go on, so just give us a random number. Oh, how has All Elite Wrestling fared during its formative months, and what does the future hold? And more men, Greg uh, Lambert reports. Greg Lambert's great. Yes, uh, yeah. a, a random number in the WrestleTalk 50. Oh, oh sorry. I do apologise. <laughs> I, I, I stopped listening to you, I'll be honest with you. Um, I think I've missed it. Where are we? Where's the WrestleTalk? It's just so so many content. There's so much content. Okay, um, let's go with 22, Tessa Blanchard. Sound like you're calling bingo. <laughs> Give me another 22, one. 22, <laughs> Tessa Blanchard. Um, Sasha Banks, 17. Ah. Uh, well, yes, so go over and order your copy now. It's well worth the read. Although I have just realised that that Dean Ambrose chat's about half an hour sort of like removed. So we had that intro. Oh, you've done it Then again. the Dean Ambrose chat. Then half an hour of different stuff. I don't think this is a, a cohesive <laughs> listener experience no. when you go from the intro straight <laughs> into the outro. Yeah, I mean, you're probably right. What were you going to say? Well, I was going to say I've got a pod poll. A, re- a pod poll? Pod poll in the outro. Mm-hmm. What's the better shave? Luke's head. Or my beard. Oh, come on now. Because you're just going <laughs> to win, aren't you? That's an unfair one. Uh, this email comes in from Mario. He says, What's up, Luke, Ollie, and he who should not be named? Always enjoy the podcast and really enjoyed the live stream content over WrestleMania weekend. I'm writing in about the exit of Dean Ambrose and the way it was handled. Literally, as soon as his contract expired, we got the awesome John Moxley teaser uh, trailer teasing his return to his indie gimmick. Do you think WWE was aware of his plans and did he get one over on them to avoid having time added to his contract? Now he's a, uh, he was out for the majority of 2018 with an injury. I had to believe that if WWE knew he was going to remain in the business and work for potential competitors like AEW, they would not have given him the hero send-off he received after Mania. Maybe they were hoping he comes back to WWE at some point and wanted to have one last Shield moment, but it all seemed a bit odd. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Have a great day. Mario in Tampa, Florida. Yeah, that is, it is strange. Like, because wrestling, very few things are secret in wrestling. But if anyone's going to be secret and keep a secret, it's probably Dean Ambrose. He's a very private person. Mm -hmm. Uh, But like a production of that extent, I find it 
quite hard to believe that that didn't get out somewhere in the very leaky world. It's leakier than a high security council meeting in Theresa Mays' government. <laughs> Boom! Oh, oh! Satire! Eat I'm, that! Political. I'm here! Have I got news for you? I'm right here. Is Mock the Week still on the air? We've got a new person to go on. Uh, but the... So there's that element to it. Uh, and also the send-off. But, because the send-off was mostly nice. You know, they did bury Dean a bit near the end, but that, like, that's what you do on the way out. That's kind of, you go out on your back, putting someone else over. Uh, and, but, and the shield thing, the, the big send-off, the special on the Sunday night, that was really just a network special. So it wasn't like they gave him a big segment on Raw saying, wish you well, mate. Mm. Hope to have you back soon. So that that is weird. But sometimes Vince gets... He, he he behaves differently towards different people. Like he, he's always admired Ric Flair. Yeah. And he's always, even if Ric Flair was leaving back to WCW, he'd be like, sorry, man, it didn't work out. So, but, you know, here's a nice send off. And whatever he does elsewhere, whenever he comes back to Vince, he gets treated like a king. Like royalty. Yeah. So I don't know if Dean falls into that bracket because it's part, he's part of the Shield. And they obviously. Made him a lot of money. Yeah. He obviously holds so much. Wait in Vince's mind for that. Um, so, you know, we started doing barbershop window emails mm. where people would email in about disastrous haircuts they've had or just haircut experiences they've had. Yes. We got this barbershop window email in here, which is very different to what I would ever expect the barbershop window segment to produce. It's evolving. He uh, writes, hello, Luke, Ollie, uh, and uh, oh, and Andy, may the Lord have mercy on your soul. Hmm. Years ago, I used to work at a customer service center. One of my colleagues was also a hairdresser and very attractive to boot. We used to flirt a lot. I asked her to cut my hair. Renan was, well, this is written in sentences, but then it breaks down into an, like a new line. So it almost reads like a poem. Mm. Um, in fact, it could be a poem. Um, I went round to her house. She gave me a very good haircut. Afterwards, we decided to jog. This became a regular thing. Go get my haircut on the basis that we would jog afterwards. I saved money, got my rocks off. I used to hate getting my haircut. Now, not so much. However, I can't help but think there's an element of prostitution in this. But hey, I believe morally, I'm golden. Anyway, I absolutely love your podcast and look forward to tuning in every week. And I absolutely love the WrestleTalk Extra podcast. Keep it up. So there used to be a, uh, you know, in the noughties before this sort of thing was deemed culturally ridiculous. Mm. There was a, a hairdresser's on Scot in Scotland called A Little Bit Off the Top. And it was a topless hairdresser. <laughs> I don't remember this at all. You do? No, I don't you remember don't. this at all. Yeah, well, it, it would occasionally pop up in, in like, funny Tarrant on TV segments and stuff. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it was, uh, but it had to close down because... Have you ever heard of, like, when, when men get their hair cut, because it's quite short, mm. those hairs can jump off and go on the hairdresser and then grow on them? <gasps> no? Yeah, yeah, it's quite a common thing in Is hairdressers. It? So... If, you, if you're a hairdresser that wears a low-cut top to reveal a bit of cleavage, then, I like, I, I've, uh, my friend used to be a hairdresser. Well, she still is. And this happened to her. She got an ingrown hair on her cleavage. Oh, no. From someone else's head. No. So this, this hairdresser's, which famed itself for having exposed skin, loads of exposed skin near where you're getting your short hair cut. Yeah. Crikey. Think of the ingrown hairs. Jeez. Oof. Do you want some 80% facts? No, I want some... <laughs> 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 uh, 
This one comes in from Reese. Uh, good morning to some combination of Luke, Ollie, Laurie, possibly Chopper. Do we acknowledge him? But probably not that <laughs> no good Randy, Ran- Andy Ratson. I've recently come across what I believe to be an 80% fact that happens to be wrestling related via the How To Wrestling podcast. Thanks for the recommendation, Luke. It's been an absolute pleasure to listen to. I apologize. You've likely heard this before. So we all know that Brock Lesnar is married to Sable, right? But do you remember the story of how they got together? The story is apparently somewhat concerning, coming potentially from Brock's autobiography via the memory of Kevin to the ears of a slightly distracted Welshman who doesn't quite check uh, how true things are for the fear they might be 100% fact. The story goes that Brock is not a man who takes no for an answer. He approached Sable and told her they were going to date. She said no. He did this again. She said no. This happened enough times that uh, she had a restraining order put against him, but we all know Brock cannot be restrained and quote, romantically, not my words, broke into her home and confessed his love for her. And apparently, this was the moment where she decided, yeah, this is the guy for me. So that is the 80% fact. I hope it is in the 20%, but I don't want to check just in case. Uh, it comes in from Reese. Such a female move, isn't it? Just making you chase him so much until you have to break, break into the house. house and <laughs> grab a knife. And <laughs> wow. Uh, have you heard that story before? No, I've well, I've heard that Brock Lesnar went up to Sable and said, I'm going to date you. Like that really Mm. cocky, arrogant thing. And then either next year or six months later, they were dating. I haven't heard the restraining order thing. Mm. And I think I would have. Yeah, I mean, that's quite serious, isn't it? A little bit, yeah. It's a weird world wrestling sometimes. Should we check that one? Uh, I feel like this is something we should put to should, bed. Maybe yeah, we'll put this one to bed. Do you remember when we were at the uh, the Something to Wrestle show at um, Fight Forever and Bruce Pritchard was telling that story about Vince and Shane McMahon, about Shane McMahon getting his ear pierced? And he told this, I would say, harrowing story. Mm. And everyone thought it was hilarious. And the three of us stood there, mouths agape, to being like, oh, that's not funny at all. Uh, how are you getting on? Yeah, well, the, nothing is coming up even close to that. Okay. So I I would uh I would say that's 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 not true. Phew. That is good to know. Uh here is a another one this comes in from He's a lucky guy though. <coughs> Jesus Christ. I'm gonna say this comes in from Seif. Uh, he, he won. He didn't just win wrestling, did he? Says dear Luke Oliver, El Trusty, Fakador, Laurie Blake, and of course our old mate Pete. Yep, that's about it. I have a nice barbershop window story for you and a couple of 80% facts. Firstly, a few weeks ago, I went to my first ever live wrestling show in London. I was going with a few friends and a few lady people friends, so I wanted to look good. I decided to go get a decently expensive haircut at a slightly upmarket hairdresser, which are rarer than you think here in Oxford. My hair is black and fairly short with a small quiff at the front. Mm -hmm. I usually do a three on the back and on the sides and a five on top and tell my man to slowly trim away at the front until it's the right height. Excuse me. This time, I decided I was going to go for something different, and I felt I could trust the hairdresser since I was paying him a rather large sum of money for this one haircut. I tell him that I need to look good as I possibly can for a night out with some old friends and lady people. He says, all right. I close my eyes and let him go at it. It takes a couple of hours before he gets me to open my eyes. And what I saw in front of me was what I can only describe as a mixture of blonde and black worms on top of my head. He had dyed the tips of my hair blonde, cut all my hair at the same level, and combed it back to the point where it was almost flat on my head. I'm a very basic man. This was the least me haircut possible. <laughs> I received a very positive comment, uh, but I absolutely despise it. I'm still unsure whether or not to try and reverse it and go back to my normal self because everyone is telling me that I'll grow to like it. I basically had to pay £85 to turn my hair into a two-dimensional creme, cra- creme caramel. <laughs> I mean, crikey, that's not what you want to hear, is it? 
I, I mean, surely you thought something was up, though. When you had your eyes closed. Or unless yeah. that was their choice to be like, I want to be surprised. And close my eyes. And oh, like, but that, you've had your hair cut before. But that sounds like a long time to Three have your hours. eyes. Yeah, that's a long time to have your hair, eyes closed. And 85 quid. Great. Yeah. That's a lot of money. Yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like part of the blame's on you there, my friend. Mm. Uh, anyway, here is this 80% fact that I find really interesting. I heard from a doctor that... Um, I'll try this again. I heard from a doctor I was getting a testicular checkup at the regularly handling and checking testicles makes anyone, male or female, straight or gay, have a far, far more intense sex drive. Getting your testicles checked? Getting a testicular checkup uh, that regular, regularly handle handling and checking testicles makes anyone, male, female, straight or gay, have a far, far more intense... I mean, I don't think it makes females uh, with a far yeah. more uh, sex drive because they do not have the testicular parts for the checks. But why would the checkup do anything? I don't know. That's just seeing and what's I, going on. And I'll on. be honest, because I, I have had checks for testicular cancer before, and I don't think that's the case. Mm. That, that, that certainly didn't happen for me. Uh, so, no, I'm going to say no to this one. I had a blood test this morning. <laughs> I know you did. How, <laughs> how far in advance did you book it? Two months. <laughs> Two months. And, and what happened? I... I had to make my so I'm very I'm very scared of needles. Everyone, uh, I know it's irrational. It's not rational. Yeah, I guess you could like a needle could kill you or inject you with a horrible thing. It was when, so when I was young uh, that it it scraped my bone apparently or like it got stuck in the muscle. I had some bad experience with needle. Haven't gone over it. Uh, and uh, she did it. I could barely feel it. And I'm looking the other way. That my my girlfriend's just talking to me, saying, "Yeah, we're going on holiday to here, the Santorini. Think about that." And we're going, "Yeah, yeah, we're we're, we're going, we're go, we're going to the the." And I'm just trying to talk to distract myself, and I just started black volcanic ash beaches. <laughs> so I'm just saying random sentences, and yeah, I nearly cried. Oh, I got so mate. worked up, it was like twenty seconds max. Yeah, and I the first fifteen, I was okay, and I was like, <sighs> yeah, it was ridiculous." Oh, mate. Irrational what? fears. People can send in their, their fears. What happens like when you've got to go somewhere that's quite a, exotic and you've got to go get your in like your jabs? I've never done. been anywhere that exotic. Like I, when I went to jabs. Thailand, I think I had to get three or four jabs. And I, I've had to get another three done for going to Peru. Yeah, I've, I've never been anywhere. <laughs> it's like it's kind of on my list of if I need an injection to go there. Yeah. Probably not going to go <laughs> If there is a possibility, I might get polio. Yeah. I'm not interested. It's like... I'm never going to India because everyone who goes to India gets food poisoning. Yeah, deli belly. And I don't want that. <laughs> like, I don't want to spend three days of my holiday thinking I'm going to die. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not going to go there. Anyway, that is all we've got time for on that rather pooey note. Um, uh, thank you very much for listening. We will be back next week uh, with the Raw and SmackDown reviews. And on Monday, we're going to reveal the winner of our Prince Charles Cinema Whoa. ticket giveaway competition. Remember, if you want to enter, all you've got to do is answer the question, which WCW pay-per-view featured the triple-decker steel cage that was featured in Ready to Rumble. So send it in to uh, Luke at WrestleTalk.com. <laughs> I know what my email address is. With the subject heading PCC Comp. Thank you to all of you who have entered already. We're going to reveal the winner on Monday ahead of Tuesday's screening. Have a great weekend. Go check out our interview we did with Johnny Impact. Take care. I love you. Goodbye.
Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Subtle results, still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulties swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia Gravis or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.